0: Pitch, swing, and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Eight strikeouts the... for the King tonight and make it 23 consecutive scoreless innings for strike right three called on the outside corner, and there it is.
1: It's time for the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast.
0: Kyle Seeger, that just happened. Thank you very
2: much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. All right, welcome back. Seattle Mariners baseball podcast at Mariners Pod. Thanks for being here once again. We have a massive podcast in store. There was a lot that happened yesterday, a lot that's going to happen this weekend. We're going to talk about the game yesterday, of course. Another... Another walk-off. have the highlight for you. That's coming your way. Plenty of reaction, too, to what was another thrilling victory. Also a series win for the Mariners as well, which is obviously very exciting. So we'll talk about that coming up in a few moments. Felix was back. It was great to see the king on the mound. We'll hear from him how he felt about his start and how it went. Some interesting numbers to get to as well as the Mariners continue to bash home runs. So we'll talk about that in a few minutes as well. Also, of course, Ken Griffey Jr. going into the Hall of Fame this weekend. We'll continue to get ready for that. Really good piece coming up. Uh, Shannon Dreyer sat down with Mariners bullpen coach Mike Hampton. Very interesting stuff. Also have a piece coming up on Griffey towards the end of the podcast. That's coming up. A trade was made yesterday. We'll get the details on that from the general manager, Jerry DiPoto, and also some really bad news as well. Some really unfortunate news with the Mariners' first-round draft pick, Kyle Lewis. So that comes up as well. So a lot to get to in this podcast. Great to have you here as we get to celebrate what was a very fun day at Safeco Field yesterday. Day baseball at Safeco, Mariners, and the White Sox. Felix on the mound. It was great to see the king on the hill, and he did not miss a beat. First batter he faced. The
0: windup and the 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss, and he got him with that one. Strike three. So welcome back Felix Hernandez. He strikes out the first batter that he faces right off the as He strikes out Adam Eaton.
2: So he gets a strikeout, gives up a A two-strike double to Cabrera, the next batter. Gets Abreu to ground out. It looks like he has Morneau struck out to get out of the first inning.
0: The 3-2, and it just misses at the knees on the corner. My goodness, that looked like a tickle, the outside corner. And again, Felix did not get the call, and that is ball four.
1: And Felix is upset, and he's having a little dialogue here with Fletcher. That's at least the third one. When we look at the tracer, it got a touch of it three times.
2: Yeah, tough A.B. right there. Actually, tough plate to appearance right there after the walk. And then Frazier hits a three-run home run. The next batter, salt in the wound. So Chicago, a 3 nothing lead out of the gates. They add one more in the second inning. A 4 nothing lead, but the Mariners begin to crawl back in the second inning. Martin, his first home run of the day
0: the stretch and the pitch swung on well hit ball deep to right field Eden going back to the one track to the wall leaps up goodbye baseball the Mariners are on the board with a two run home run by Leonis Martin his 12th home run of the season it's now the White Sox four and the Mariners two and the crowd right back in this ball game early in the ball game. number 12 for Martin.
2: Chicago would add another one. They would add one in the fifth. So it's five to two at that point. But again, the Mariners begin to come back. Mike Zanino getting the start and going long again.
1: First pitch to Mike, right-hand hitter. Swung
0: on and driven to deep left field. Looking up, Melky Cabrera, say goodbye!
3: Home run, Mike Zanino! Mike Z with his third in just
0: his third game this season.
2: Wasting no time, having an enormous impact. A home run right there. And the Mariners were undone. Adam Lynn just a couple nights removed from being the hero. Well, it wasn't a walk-off, but it was huge.
0: Here's the pitch. Swung on. Fly ball into left field. Back of the ball. Cabrera to the track. To the wall. Goodbye baseball. Into Edgars catch.
2: Okay, I want to backtrack for just a moment. The Mariners tie it in the bottom of the eighth. The top of the eighth, spectacular. Edwin Diaz on the mound. He was unbelievable.
0: The one-two pitch. Swing and a miss and a fastball at 99 strike three. He struck out the side last night. Diaz strikes out the side this afternoon. The laser show just continues for Edwin Diaz. He has been absolutely sensational.
2: No doubt about that. So sensational. I was looking up the highest strikeouts per nine. Not just for the Mariners this year not just for Major League Baseball this year but ever strikeouts per nine at least 20 games Edwin Diaz it was number 20 last night in terms of games so if you look at any pitcher any time for any season with at least 20 games the best strikeout rate in history right now belongs to Edwin Diaz 18.3 which is laughable. It's Looney Tunes. It's ridiculous. It's silly. The best strikeout rate there is. Chapman has the second best, 17.7 Ks per nine. That happened 2014. Craig Kimbrell in 2010 had a 17.4. Carter Capps, former Mariner, a 16.8 last year, and then Craig Kimbrell a 16.7 in 2012. But right now... And we still have a ways to go with this year, obviously, as Diaz will rack up some games, and it's extremely difficult to keep up this pace. I mean, you have to strike out a ton, but he's striking out everybody. He is striking out everybody, 18.3. That's his Ks per nine. Silliness, but right now he owns the very best Ks per nine in history, again, with at least 20 games. That's what Edwin Diaz is doing right now. So he puts on a show. Lind Homers. This game would go to the ninth, and then Chicago really threatens in the ninth. You had Abreu who got hit by a pitch. Morneau walked. Frazier is on, who's been a problem all series long, but C. Sheck gets him.
0: The one two pitch. Swing and a miss with a fastball up top. Strike three. Steve Cishek strikes out Todd Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Down go the White Sox here in the top of the ninth
2: inning. Cishek would pitch another inning. This game would go to the 11th. Lee was pinch hitting for Lind. He grounds out to second base. Martine is on. He's already hit one home run this game. He's already had one walk off this season. The Mariners I mean, how many walk-offs can one team have in a season? There's no way they could do it again.
0: Again, the 0-2 pitch, swing, a high drive deep to right field. Eaton going back, looking up, goodbye baseball! Another walk-off home run, Leonis Martin, his second of the season, and the Mariners win it 6-5 over the Chicago White Sox, his second home run of the afternoon, the fourth of the day for the Mariners, Martin, mobbed by his teammates, how sweet it is!
2: They got another one. How about that? Another walk-off home run. Sixth of the year. Remarkable. It happened again. Leonis Martin walks it off. The Mariners win it. And I can't recall a series like this because the Mariners win this series. They take two of three. But if you look back at the three games, the Mariners did not lead in this series for a single pitch in any any of the three games they won a series without having a lead for a single pitch 2 walk off home runs those were the only times in this series they led and they won two of three that is amazing not only that I think it's an outstanding series win too when you look at coming in it's it's tough luck. I mean, it's it's a bad draw when you face Sale and Quintana in a three-game series, and you get them both, especially at the front end of a series. And the Mariners managed to split with them, which was fantastic, and then take the third game, and they win the series. I mean, that is good stuff—a good series win right there for the Mariners and something they can be thrilled about, and certainly the fans thrilled. Another walk-off home run, a series win. And now the Mariners are off day today and we'll head to Toronto for a big weekend. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But a big win for the Mariners. First, let's hear from the King. He took the mound for the first time in a long time. We'll hear how things went for him.
1: feels
4: good, man. Feels fun to be out there. Trying to do my job here and help my team to win.
5: How
4: do feel in the first Feels good. I mean, you know what happened. You watched the game. It was a strike.
1: And then I look. That pitch shift, right? Yeah,
4: yeah, definitely for
1: sure.
4: How about those final four or five it like you got a Yeah, I, I had a good sinker. I mean, I got a lot of ground balls out. Uh, they were swinging. They were swinging every pitch. I mean, that's why my pitch count was, uh, it was pretty low. So it was good. Everything was good. Feels good. I got no problems at all. I don't feel anything in my leg. Just good to roll.
6: This team comes back. A couple walk up and
4: see you see mean, that was pretty awesome. Man. I mean, I see guys step up. Not no not the big guys, but every guys are here just every day just to do everything for us. Scott talked about how Leonis talks in the dugout so much and his energy and stuff like. That. Oh man, he's What's he like in there? he's annoying. <laughs> just
1: kidding.
4: <laughs> yeah, he's he's the he's the energy of the team. I mean, he's been there talking. With everybody, I mean, Jalen, everybody, it's good for us.
1: Did you, did you think you guys distracted in the first inning by the strike zone?
4: Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's my fault. Oh, it wasn't my fault. It was the strike though. How
6: important was it for you after those first
0: couple of days to
4: be able to go six and two-thirds? And I mean, I was happy. I was happy I was a third. You know, bottom, bottom, bottom every evening. And like, everything was fine, and I'm happy with it. The pitch I would change it a little bit. I mean, Faces, he got pretty good pop and pretty good swing on it.
0: Five days in
4: a row. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, definitely, for sure. Pittsburgh, I think it is. And that's the best news of all. Came out healthy and will be ready to go in five days. So, great news right there. Felix Hernandez, the king, doesn't get the win, but was on the mound and healthy. And oh, they need him in a big way. You look at the rotation they played before yesterday 47 games with Felix in the rotation and then 47 games after his last start with him in the rotation a 3.60 ERA as a staff without him in the rotation a 4.93 ERA that's a giant difference not all because of missing Felix but i think a significant portion of that is without their ace of the staff so he is back and that is Great news for the Mariners. Of course, the Mariners playing a ton of long ball yesterday. Four home runs yesterday. The Mariners now 138 home runs. They were second in baseball at the time the game ended. Second in the big leagues in home runs. Yesterday, they passed their season totals from 1989, 2004, and 2014. Season totals already the 23rd most home runs they've hit in a season. We just started the second half. 23rd most in Mariners history for a season already. They continue to just crush the long ball. Scott Servais very pleased, obviously, here's what he had to say.
6: Our accustomed to it is probably the the best way to look at it which is it's a good point. You know, we we played a lot of close games. Um, you know, at home we've gotten a lot of huge hits, particularly home runs. Uh, you know, and that's—it's awesome when it happens. It's—it's gut wrenching when it happens against you. Uh, but uh, I give our guys a lot of credit. You know, we got Felix on the mound today, and and uh, you know we get behind early. Uh, to Felix's credit, he hung in there. really, the key to the game for us is how far, how deep he went in the game. And we've talked a lot about our starting pitchers and just give us a chance, uh, even when you don't have your best stuff. But. Uh, gave us a chance um uh, you know the big home runs obviously leonis martin huge day there um zanino chipping in getting us a closer and then adam lind uh, i think i've seen adam lind hit 15 balls like that this year and none of them have gone over the fence a lot of them have been caught so he was due uh, obviously the ball was carrying very well today so uh, we'll take it and then you know Leonis has got a mistake there you know, in the last inning so uh, nice win uh you know kind of homestand there we are again sitting three and three on the home stand and then sitting right around 500 but you know, like I've talked to, you know, uh, our veteran group, is we just got to keep believing, you got to keep pushing. Because if the starting pitching does line up, and our offense, you know, does what it can do, like we saw earlier in the year, we got a good shot. How would you assess how Felix pitched today? Um, you know, I, I think first time out, it was probably better than I thought it would be. Uh, other than, you know, the home run uh, that, that he gave up to Frazier um, after, you know, tough, not getting the, the, the third strike on the hitter before. Um, you know that 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 was the a couple mistakes that he did make, but uh, thought his stuff was good. Thought it was pretty crisp. Um, but after the first inning, I you know at that point, if you'd have told me he was going to get into get as deep as he did into the game, I, I probably wouldn't have believed it. So uh, I was really happy he was able to do that.
1: Did he get distracted by the strike zone?
6: Oh yeah, I don't know. He made a mistake to the guy who leads the league in home runs. You know, and, and uh, he only get through a slider that that hung right in the middle of the plate. Uh, you know, obviously it was it was a good pitch. Um, you know, and, and Felix used to gets that call. You guys made a trade today uh do you have any kind of initial comment on it i, I heard about it just after the game uh yeah i understand we, we traded mike montgomery uh the chicago cubs for uh, daniel vogelbach and uh right-handed pitcher double a blackburn yes that's who it is that's who i was told i do know vogelbach um but uh you know in, in montgomery's case i mean outstanding job he did for us all year you know coming into spring training you know, kind of out of options. Kind of, what do we have in this guy uh, making the transition into the bullpen? And then did a nice job, you know, out of the rotation when we when we put him in there a couple times. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's good for him. Um, it's 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 good for us. Uh, I think going forward and the the players we acquire, uh, younger, uh, you know, controllable guys that you know can can play in our future.
2: At first glance, it looks like. Uh as, as though you're looking ahead to next year a little bit with this trade, getting rid of a guy that's had a great year for,
7: for minor league guys. How would
6: you, would you counter that? Oh, you know, I think they're good players. Uh, I've seen Daniel Vogelbach since he was a junior in high school. I know exactly who he is. Um, you know, the other pitcher I do not. But you know, our scouts and, and Jerry are on top of it. And I've said from the beginning, you know, that, that we will be aggressive. And you know, you look short term, you look long term, and you, you try to do things to to, to line yourself up. So um, you know, obviously, it's going to hurt losing Montgomery. Uh, we do have, you know, some excess starting pitchers, some guys that can take the ball. So, you know, we'll, we'll figure that out as we go forward.
2: So there it is, a little preview on the trade talk we'll hear in a moment. We'll have the general manager, Jerry DePoto on here in a second. You can hear more in depth about the trade that was made. Also, we'll have Mike Montgomery. First, let's finish up on the game yesterday. We have to hear from Martine, the hero, the walk-off, two home runs on the ball game. Great night. A great day, rather, for Martin.
8: You know, I was thinking to, to I made the plan to try inside pitch, like, like a little bit too seeming to the, the guy he faced before. I was, I was looking for that pitch, but he changed. He threw me all the slider. And after the first try, I was thinking to put the ball in play.
3: Did you think he had all of it? Yeah. This team. I mean, we've seen the two walk-offs this week. We've also seen, you know, quite a few times when this team has been able to come back late in games. Why are they? Why are you guys able to do that now?
8: You know, uh, especially like a game like this, uh, combat. You know, fight every single pitch, and you know, every day, every time you win the ball game is great feeling. That's what we play for.
3: Did I hear Tim Bogar told you something. Yeah, That's he right?
8: told me like three. 3 before
3: you're going to win the, this ball game. <laughs> what did you think? Has he done that before? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
8: a good thing. Win the ball game, that's all about.
2: Win the ball game, and that's exactly what he did. He won the ball game. Mariners take the series. We'll have more on the Blue Jays series coming up in the podcast tomorrow, so that's going to happen. First, Mike Montgomery traded from the Mariners. Here is what Montgomery said after finding out about the deal after the game.
5: Called me up in about seventh inning and kind of told me told me the news. And, you know, I kind of said thanks for, you know, everything you've done. And, you know, I felt the same way. I, you know, a little sad at first and understanding, hey, I'm not going to be here with these guys, um, you know, in this city. and But at the same time, kind of looking at it like, hey, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to a, a good team. And, you know, I'm ready to... Go contribute any way I can and help them win a World Series.
6: Was this something you had prepared yourself for as a possibility?
5: Uh, honestly, I hadn't thought about it and I really, you know, it kind of hit me by surprise. Um, you know, I, I understand in sports uh, anything's possible. I've been traded twice before uh, never during the season, but you know, I, I knew it was possible and I was well aware when I heard the news. I wasn't shocked, but you know, I, I definitely didn't see it coming.
6: Did you wake up this morning
1: thinking you were in this rotation now?
5: Uh, yeah I mean I, I was uh, all set to get ready for my start on Sunday and that was kind of my mindset kind of I threw a bullpen today um, did my normal you know in between start routine and you know went out for the game like everything normal and you know and things can change quickly and I think that I've learned that being traded a couple times before and you know you, you definitely get that feeling of man I'm, I'm gonna miss these guys really I think that's the most the first thing I thought about was, man, I'm not going to be around these guys anymore. But at the same time, I'm going to a good city, good organization, and I'm excited to you know meet new people over there and uh, you know contribute over there.
2: So that was Mike Montgomery getting done. He did a really great job for the Mariners this year, especially in context. You know, No options. He goes to the bullpen, a role that he wasn't all that familiar with and really pitched well out of the pen, 2-3-4 ERA, in 32 games, two of those were starts. 61 and two-thirds innings this year for the Mariners. 54 strikeouts. Nice velocity too, from especially from the left side. Something you don't see very often, which is why he was so attractive to the Cubs. The Cubs, in particular, have had a big problem in their bullpen getting lefties out. They've been, I mean, linked to just about every lefty who's out there. In terms of trying to shore up that part of the bullpen, which is why I think they gave up as much as they did. And they gave up a really good, potentially really, really good hitter. Let's hear more about him right now from the general manager of the Mariners. He's going to talk about Montgomery and what they got back. And at the end, a little bit of news on Kyle Lewis that we'll touch on in a moment as well. But here is Jerry Depoto.
1: As I've said all along, up to and including today, uh, from the time I got here, we're going to try to take advantage of opportunity the best we can, and we had a great opportunity. Mike had a good deal of value in the market today, and as I said to him when I told him, I I talked to him in the eighth inning of our game today, and and I informed him of what had just happened, and I told him he built up so much equity uh, from opening day to today in the industry that uh, his value I thought was at a, as a high. He pitched incredibly well for us. He did a great job in the pen. He did, he's done a great job since we asked him to, to fill in in the rotation. And he fills a, a real niche for the Cubs. And, and I think that combination of events allowed us to get a pretty good deal for him. And you know, Dan Vogelbach can really hit. He's hit at every level he's ever been. He's in A. It's, it's Major League ready now, and we envision him as part of the, the short and long-term solutions. He'll start in Tacoma for now, and, and we'll see where that goes. And we also feel like Paul Blackburn really starts to backfill our pitching depth. He's a former first-rounder with a really good arm, three average to, to better pitches, and he throws strikes. Uh, having an All-Star season in the in the Southern League, and, and we feel like he projects as a as a potential 2017 ETA second half in the big leagues, and gives us another uh, piece to build forward with, and and we start to start to build up that that next phase of our roster. But you know the, the attraction to us here was was getting younger, getting deeper, and really starting to fill some positions that that become critical needs for us as we move forward. And and Mike allowed us to do that. But
3: yeah. Mike, he's been both in starting and in relief. What do you need to replace that you're losing in him? Right
1: uh, I don't know. To, to be honest with you, we we lose perhaps the most versatile pitcher on our roster. Uh, you know, Vidal Nuno has similar versatility. Mike just did a great job with it. I believe sometime in the next let's call it 2 weeks Taiwan Walker effectively replaces Mike Montgomery and and I don't know that that's a downgrade for us. When Mike did a great job and Taiwan uh, obviously is Taiwan. He has the the tremendous stuff and the tremendous upside. He will re-enter our rotation and And in in no certain order, we have Felix Hernandez, Asashi Wakuma, Paxton Walker, Miley. We still have Wade LeBlanc, and we have Nate Corrin. So we we feel like we're still seven deep in in terms of guys that can go start a game today. And we just got a little bit deeper in numbers eight and beyond, which we're going to need. And, you know, now I feel like the left-hand offense that Dan Vogelbach brings uh, at some point in 2016 and then for the years beyond really was too appealing to pass up. What do you like about Dan? He just, he rakes. He rakes. He rakes everywhere he's ever been. He's an elite strike zone controller with well above average power. Uh, he's He is absolutely tormented right-hand pitching, especially this year in the PCL. He's among the, the PCL's leaders in just about every category he can. He's on base. He hits homers. Uh, and, and he's got a little bit of uh, personality to him when he plays, which wasn't uh, wasn't down on our list of, of attractive elements about him. He, he plays with a certain uniqueness. That it's fun. And He's, he's really worked hard on his defense. He's made himself a better defender. We've spent a ton of time over the course of the last couple of weeks just focused in and watching him. And, and he's a player we coveted going into the off season. He's a player we coveted throughout. He's had a great year, and he's really put himself in position to be an impact player. We feel like he has a chance to be a real impact in the middle wow. of the order. And whether that starts next week, next month, sometime in September or in 2017 is yet to be determined. But we like so the long-term fit. So you don't see him as a DH? He, he oh, we, we, we believe he can play first base as well. Uh, you know, now we're not expecting, you know, the next iteration of Keith Hernandez or Don Mattingly. But he has really worked hard on his defense. He's made himself a much better defender. And right now we're in the business of, of being surprised by first base defense like we've been this year. Jerry, <laughs> how does he fit short term? you got Lind and... No, he's going to go to Tacoma that yeah. is what I said when I got here right. you know Dan's going to go to Tacoma and, and I told him when I spoke to him on the phone there's there's no specific ETA for his arrival here but we just feel like the long-term value that he brings us he's ready to play in the big leagues today whether he fits on our roster today is a different matter but what he brings us long term is, is too good to walk away from he can't actually minor that. six years now um, what, did he did he have an uptick? In the last couple of seasons, no, he's been he's raked every year that he's played. Truly, I mean, it's uh, his he has been on base uh, from the time he was 18 years old and, and got into pro ball. He's he's hit he's hit for power. He's been on base. Uh, he had a bit of a down year when he went to Double A, and the down year was not a it, it was by no means a bad year. You just didn't see the same home run productivity but he's still hit. And and this year, like I said, he's I think he's hitting in the neighborhood of 320. He's on base 425. He's got 19 homers at this point, 18, 19 homers. Uh, he went triple A all-star. He's at the top of the, the PCL food chain in almost every offensive category and, and really, like I said, fits a long-term niche for us and or need for us and is capable of stepping in now if we need it. So that's okay. a pretty good get for us. We feel. How
7: much is your position in the
5: wild-card hunt and standings affect the or influence this
1: this deal. Uh, I can't say it affects it one way or the other. We felt like we were dealing from an area of depth, and in Mike's case, like I said, we feel like we can still run seven, eight starters out there, and as our bullpen gets continues to get healthier. You know, the combination of Sheck and Diaz at the back has been really good for us. As I said, Nuno gives us that versatility. Tom Wilhelmson has done a really nice job for us since he got here, and we do anticipate getting Nick Vincent back, and at least in the not-too-distant future. <laughs> What's this going kind to of mean for Peterson, who's down there, to come right now and first base for you guys? Uh, I've already talked to Andy McKay. We're likely going to split time between the two. Uh, we're going to have him play first base two days on, one day off, and and the one day off will be spent as a DH, and then we'll rotate the next guy in. And we think a lot of DJ. He's having a great year as well. But the the good thing for DJ is he's also multi-position uh, versatile in that way, and he's also a right-handed hitter. So the, the combination of players fits for us both. Present and long-term, it it makes sense. They they fit together. And I'm I'm always when we're building a roster, we're looking how the pieces fit. And DJ Peterson and Dan Vogelbach fit together. Blackburn go to AA. Blackburn will go to AA. He's going to stay in that league. He's just 22 years old, and he has he has methodically moved through every level, and it's virtually the same performance at every level. High ground ball rate. He's a guy that gets him to put it on the ground. He throws strikes. Like I said, he's uh, from the time he signed, he played rookie short season, a both A-levels and double A, one at a time since being drafted out of high school. Comp first-round pick with uh, who he feel like has a very solid, like projects as a number four starter in the big leagues with three pitches.
2: During the <laughs> Kyle Lewis news today, What's his, what's his uh, prognosis?
1: In- I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but you know, certainly not good. Otherwise, we wouldn't be shutting him down. It's a, it's a heartbreaking injury for a guy who just signed and was cresting. He's having the year of his life. Uh, Winner of the Golden Spikes. He was off to a tremendous start north of a 900 OPS for, for Everett and giving us every reason to believe that he was exactly the player that we thought we were drafting. And, and now we're going to have to give him a little time down because we can't. Uh, unfortunately, injury happens during the course of a game. Uh, this was unfortunate, and it was a real injury. We have yet to determine just how significant it is in the long term, but it'll get better, and we're just going to have to give him the time to do that.
2: So, yeah, potentially very exciting trade for the Mariners, bringing Vogelbach in. Tough to lose Montgomery. who really pitched well in a few roles, but a, a chance to really hit a home run with a position player for a bullpen arm. I mean, that's essentially what it comes down to. It's hard to know whether Montgomery would have stayed in the rotation or stayed in the bullpen. But a chance to acquire potentially a big bat, a big everyday bat, and that's easier said than done these days. Obviously, though, the tail end of that, pretty terrible news in terms of Kyle Lewis, the Mariners' first-round draft pick, The Golden Spikes Award winner and he was playing so well forever. We had Pat Dillon on a few podcasts ago and he was talking about Kyle Lewis and the impact he was making offensively also uh, in center field as well. Just playing some all around great baseball. It is so tough to see the injury for Kyle Lewis. So he got in a collision a couple days ago in Everett at home plate. He ends up Tearing his ACL as well as his meniscus in his right knee. So obviously out for the rest of this season. We'll see how far it goes into next year as well. Not much on the timetable. Just you really feel for Lewis and what is what has been a great year for him. I mean, a great college season. He ends up in Everett after winning the Golden Spikes Award. Drafted 11th overall in the first round. It was making an impact, hitting two ninety nine. Has scored 26 runs, walloped eight doubles, five triples, three homers, 26 RBIs, and 30 games. And obviously, this is going to set him back in terms of time a little bit, but we'll see how he recovers. And I don't think this changes the overall outlook on what Kyle Lewis can do, but some pretty difficult news nonetheless. So, right now, we're going to hand things over to Shannon Dreyer. A great conversation with Mike Hampton, who played. I was very familiar with both Ken Griffey Jr. and Mike Piazza, both going into the Hall of Fame.
3: Ken Griffey Jr. going into the Hall of Fame along with Mike Piazza. Mariners bullpen coach Mike Hampton has a unique connection to both. He was teammates of both players and also faced them. He shares his memories.
7: I felt like I tried to play Little League as long as I could, and and I was able to, to play this game for a long time. But he was the one guy that I think he just carried Little League from the time he was 12 all the way through the end of his career. I mean, always smiling, always happy. And... He put up the numbers like he was playing against the little leaguers too.
3: So you actually saw you were a teammate of his when he was quite young.
7: Yeah, I mean, I was I was there when he hit the eight homers in you know in a row. And besides being a, an incredible player and incredible talent, he was also very generous. Um, I got sent down and called back up a couple of times. He shipped my car down for me and and paid for it. So. Uh, just a really, a really solid person that uh, deserves all he gets.
3: Wow! All the way back then, what do you remember about going to the ballpark every day when he was on that tear with the home runs?
7: You know what? I mean, whether it was the tear on the home runs or just every day, it just kind of like, oh my gosh, this is like this. That's a big leaguer. That's what you know. That's what all the video games are made out of, right there. <laughs> you know, uh, I just thought how the, the ease that it looked. I know it wasn't easy, but just how easy he made the game look. Um, it was almost seemed unfair at times, and like, but like I said, just that smile and how he was always having a good time and always cutting up, and laughing, and you know I think sometimes as professional athletes we forget to have fun, and I think he was able to have fun for a long time.
3: Mike Piazza, you, you threw to him.
7: He could catch and he could block, but just probably about anybody that I have ever thrown to, and then his bat just put him above everyone else. I mean, uh, I think there's only a few guys that I've. Uh, I've seen where the bat comes off uh, the, the ball comes off the bat like it came off of his and and Dave and Winfield was the others you just sit back and you're kind of in awe and he's just one of those rare talents that man you just, just you got to sit back and just enjoy
3: you faced both of them as a pitcher piazza quite a bit more than junior but you know start with junior what was it like when he was at the plate
7: just just the threat you know he was always a threat you know you made a mistake that there's a chance it's going to go a long way and you're going to be on the wrong side of a highlight reel you knew you had to pitch carefully. you down and in you know you just had very limited places you could go as most great hitters you hope they got themselves out quite a few times
3: (laughs) (laughs) and then piazza you had almost 60 i think uh parents yeah you know what i mean
7: typically the the guys of the more the how the home run hitters the power hitters i kind of done i fared pretty well against because you know i could i could sink the ball and cut the ball i had kind of some success against them but like I said also that little bit of the fear factor that if you hang one in there that it's gonna you you might not find the ball I mean that's how far he could hit it I remember being in the Astrodome and and him hitting the, a home run off of Jose Lima and it was in the it was in the straightaway center and it wasn't in the rainbow section but it was one below and it was probably I remember besides Mark McGuire hit one and then the rainbows in the gap that kind of went through the tunnel I thought that was far but I really think there's a chance that this one was even farther so uh, I mean, just the, the raw power, just the pure strength that, that he had. Then going back to Griff, he, uh he was just, I mean, it was just fluid and just seemed so easy. And just the swing was just like there. Where Piazza, I mean, he really got on it. Griffey just seemed like he was just swinging in, in waist-deep water. And it's like, boom, oh, there's <laughs> another one. It just it seemed so simple.
3: Lastly, you said you've been to the Hall of Fame a few times. You played in a game there. Your son played in a game there. Just uh, you know, put into words what the meaning of the Baseball Hall of Fame is for you guys, for the baseball player.
7: Playing playing the game for 17 years and playing with a lot of guys and stuff like that, I never got in awe too many times of, uh, of guys that I played with. But once you step into the Hall of Fame, and I really love history and, and going back to the history of the game, that's when you kind of have that that awe moment of like man I've walked where these guys have walked I've stepped in you know the same places they've stepped and you know always like the the older stadiums you know I wish they would keep as many around as they could but they're kind of going by the wayside for the newer and better but I just love the fact that Babe Ruth played in the stadium or Hank Aaron played in the stadium or you know these certain guys played in these stadiums you know and I I liken it to uh, when I went to on a trip to Rome and I stepped in the Coliseum and I'm like man People walked in the, through these gates knowing that they were gonna, they, there was a chance they were going to die today, you know, and I just you need know, to kind of take yourself back. And, and uh, so every time I go to Cooperstown, I'm just like, man, this is just special. It's just some end of the history. Everything that really monumental happened in the history of the game is, is pretty much here.
3: Mike, thank you for the stories.
7: All right. Thanks for having me.
2: Let's have a little bit more conversation about Ken Griffey Jr. Here's some others speaking of Griffey
7: swing and a fly ball
0: into deep right center field that baby is going to be fly away the old time religion lives junior does it a two run home run and we are tied at three three my oh my magic is back at least for a night
7: yeah it was terrible I mean I I love the guy I hated I hated playing against him and I you know I managed against him as well and my early years managing so I I think I think time that, that Ken Griffey Jr. was coming up to bat it was a great moment for me when I broke into the league uh, I knew I made it when I was playing on the same field as a Ken Griffey Jr. when when I was managing and I looked across the field and he was aging and at the at the tail end of his career uh, and still hitting pinch hit home runs in center field that I remember at this ballpark standing in this dugout uh, those are just those are Those are memories that'll stay with me because I got a chance to play against one of the best of all time. That's
0: Astros manager A.J. Hinch. Swung on and a fly ball hit deep into the gap in right center field, the kid on his horse, back to the warning track. The wall makes a leap and makes an unbelievable catch. My, oh my, he is down at the 380 marker. And it's one of the most incredible catches you will ever want to see. Everyone
1: remembers that highlight of Ken Griffey making that catch and kind of playing Spider-Man on the wall. That was against us. The way he did it, just going full speed. I think Julio Franco hit the ball. I'm not sure about that, but... Just the full speed and, and reaching up and then kind of plugging on that wall, was, <laughs> it was awesome.
2: Former Texas Rangers Steve Buschel. are on the way to Mattingly,
0: swung on and hit deep into right center field. Back on the ball is Coles, looking up, and this will be off the top of the wall. Griffey will play the carom. Here comes Kelly around third. The throw to the plate it is in time. They got him. oh, my, what a throw by Griffey. Well,
5: I saw that he was better than the rest of us on the team by a pretty wide margin. You know, we, had, we actually had Omar Vizquel on that team as well and some other guys that got to the big leagues and had nice, and had nice careers. Um, but he was, you know, he's a standout. I mean, it, you know, a player of that caliber, even at 18, was so far, from an athletic standpoint, so far beyond not just our, our players but everyone else in the league, and that was obvious. And was very much the same, I think, as an 18-year-old as he was as a 38-year-old uh, playing the game with just, a, just he had a lot of just fun, just enjoyed playing baseball and was kind of a goofy kid. And just going out there and, and, and just had the, the talent that you just show up and, and swing the bat and, and, and drive the ball someplace or run a ball down in center or throw a beautiful throw from, from center field to third base to throw somebody out. It just seemed to come very easy to him. I'm sure it wasn't, but it sure looked that way.
2: And that's Cincinnati Reds manager Brian Price. Fastball at time belted. Deep to
0: right field. Number 400 is on its way. Right. There it goes. Ken Griffey Jr. Has it his 400th home run as a Mariner. Number 613.
2: Hall of Famer and current manager of the Minnesota Twins, Paul Molitor. You know, it, it's just more about the beauty in which he
5: played the game. Um, you know, I was fortunate to see him for a long time, and there's a certain gracefulness that he brought to his at-bats, to his defense, the way he ran the bases. It looks like work for most of us, you know, but he was such a grace, graceful athlete. Um, I did get a chance to know him a little bit off the field through the years and, you know, various charitable charitable events in, in the wintertime. When you're competing against the best of the best. It was a real privilege for me to watch him as a young kid
3: turn into the man he became and to go on to become one of the greatest players in the history of the game. See you later!